Bonsoir Max. Bonsoir Paul. So we're here today uh, with Maxime Kulo, Paul Jennings, and we have a guest. Uh, this is Cormac Murphy. Cormac, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Cormac. I'm speaking to the Cormac. There we go. Uh, I'm also from Dublin, like Paul, but from a different part. He's from the north side. I'm from the north side, which, based on our accents, you'd imagine it was the opposite. But um, but um, I'm a PhD student in Paul's lab. PhD candidate. PhD candidate. So today we're going to talk about poisons and uh, how people get poisoned and uh, famous poisonings. Who wants to start? So, yeah. I, do you want to go in? Yeah, sure. I, um, I, and maybe we should warn any potential listener if this podcast ever gets released that the sound quality uh, might be slightly different because uh, this time we're the three of us in the same room, yeah. which is a new format. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we are having snacks, which is not always helping for getting a right pronunciation, but let's hope it will be good. And, and Max is still French. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And you are too uh, Irish. Absolutely. And we're gonna, so nobody's speaking proper English. And we're going to try and pronounce Latin names, which uh, <laughs> all of us will struggle with. But well, I think the idea for this is, so as, as we keep saying, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Max and, and me, Paul, we are molecular toxicologists. We grow cells in the lab and we kill them with uh, toxins. So our idea was, uh, what about what about these famous poisonings? Not necessarily assassinations, but poisonings. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it came to my mind immediately uh, Ludwig van Beethoven, who unfortunately became deaf because he used to drink in this lead beaker and the lead made him deaf. And uh, it's kind of boring, actually, the, the process of how lead makes you deaf. But uh, Cormac's definitely more inter- in- entertaining. His, uh, so, so, but I mean, the process by which Beethoven became deaf by this kind of continual and gradual poisoning by something he didn't know was poisonous is kind of a lot of what I've been when I've been looking into well, the, the history. The fact that a composer becomes deaf—it's like the worst thing for a composer to be deaf. Yeah, it's one of those dramatic irony things that if you wrote it in a book, people would think you're making you're making it up, yeah. being a bit too silly. So the two things I really looked into today were uh, two compounds or two uh, things that we've been uh, accidentally poisoning ourselves with for, in one case, thousands of years. So they are mercury and uh, deadly nightshade or belladonna. I heard in the news recently that in Suriname they're mm-hmm. using uh, now mercury to to claim uh, gold from mines. It's crazy. No, it's it's not new. Yeah. It's nothing new. Though. Oh no, no, no. But they're doing it now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, they always do it. But yeah. that's cra- I mean, you use, it to, you use a, a, a really a precious metal like mercury mm-hmm. to get out a shitty non-toxic metal. I mean, it makes no sense. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Gold is a useless metal. Yeah, but the point is, you use that you you can sell it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's desirable uh, metal. Yeah. So it's desirable. Yeah. yeah. But actually, that that comes into it because they've been do- using mercury to mine gold for yeah. thousands of yeah. years. So yeah. it's one of the 
when I was looking up, one of the worst places you can ever be in history would be if you really pissed off one of the Roman emperors, they would send you to mine Mercury. And uh, we knew we knew it fucked you up even back then because uh, of all the bad reactions no, people I'm not have. cursing, it's BBC. Oh. Ah, we knew it messed you up yeah. real bad back then because of all the... Uh, all of the um, side effects that happened to the miners and why it was such, why they, you couldn't get any volunteers to go down. The amount of mining diseases. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That being said, we, we knew that Mercury did this to you, but uh, people still thought Mercury could do magical things to you because it was so weird and it looked so pretty. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's all, it is very pretty. It is very pretty. Um, um, it's very fucking heavy. It is. And if uh, anybody was... Uh, had a mer- mercury thermometer break open when they were a kid and played with mercury for a bit. It's very pretty. Shouldn't oh. do it. Really, really shouldn't do it, but uh, it's very pretty. Isn't it the way they made uh, Terminator 2 reassembling it? Uh, I think that's the way they did it. Um, do you remember what? that? Which one? Yeah, t- Terminator. Uh, Terminator. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The number yeah. two is the, 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 li- the, the liquid metal. Yeah. yeah. He got smashed after being frozen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then reassembled himself. So I, I think it's made out of mercury. I think the effects fusing. were definitely based on. I'm on pretty mercury. sure they couldn't afford to make a mercury robot. Of course they could. Oh, no. The robot, of course, was not made of mercury, but I mean, the sci fi people. They simply they filmed imagine. how Mercury was yeah. moving yeah, yeah, and reassembling. Yeah, they imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagination, yeah. That's what yeah. sapiens do, we imagine. Yeah. But no, the, um, but the, if you look back at things, the things they thought Mercury would be, because it's always been used as a medicine, or it's been used as a medicine up until horrifyingly recently, but like, there's some crazy stuff of like, oh yeah, it'll like, how people poison themselves with Mercury depended a lot on how they were exposed to the Mercury. So but you know, the point they didn't do it themselves, they were made to do it. Uh, well, no, quite frequently people did it to themselves yeah. because they thought of it as a medicine. So, um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. Mercury... So it gives them some kind of magical power. Well, it was often... How? What, what and changed Lind to gold as well. Well, they, alchemists viewed it as something that could be turned into gold. Uh, cinnabar, which is a mercury and sulfur, was widely used in traditional medicine and alchemy. But uh, there's some stuff like if you eat it, you live forever, or... My favorite one was, if you rub it on your feet, it'll make you be able to walk on water, um, which is wonderful. But, um, but Actually, no, it, it would do the opposite. Oh, yeah. Because it's metal, it's heavy. It's heavy. Uh, if anything could make you walk on water, that would be a, an interesting story to begin with. But, no, the, uh, but the, the point is that mm-hmm. rubbing your feet with mercury is actually mm-hmm. not dangerous and not toxic, probably. Oh, no. It's, it's absolutely safe. The problem is the vapor of it, right? The vapor, or because a lot of these things were like mercuric salts or something yeah. like that, which yeah. were are yeah. relatively yeah. less dangerous unless you're continuously exposing yourself. So a lot of these, like mercury, I heard of a case. I can't vouch for this anymore mm-hmm. because I don't remember the details. But there was a woman. She was poisoned. She was injected with mercury mm-hmm. um, by a lover or something, or in hospital. Jesus. Something creepy, and she was injected many, many times with mercury, and they found her. 20 years later, she was still mm-hmm. fine. And the mercury had collected in the, in the lower part of the, of the left heart. And it was totally... Jesus yeah. Christ, because... Because uh, if, you, if you have mercury in your lab or here mm-hmm. now in my bar, yeah, yeah. the thing is, it gets covered with dust immediately. Yeah. No, it's, so it's not it's not toxic because it, it, it's, um, it's very... Um, it oxidizes very quickly. Yeah, and it's, um, it's metallic, so it mm-hmm. attracts... Yeah. But as an, electro- as an electronic right. charge. Mm-hmm. So all of the dust gets on it, and then it's safe. Well, yeah. Should we kind of uh, be sensible and act responsibly and warn people if you ever see mercury somewhere? Uh, always remember it's quite volatile, so don't get close if you can. Uh, 
not get close to it. Yeah. And if ever, but why would somebody see a mercury? Uh, this kind of uh, mercury thermometer are still yeah. quite common. They are not uh, allowed uh, anymore, not but any, anymore. almost everyone it's has all it. I know there, there are also the uh, the one which helps with predicting the weather. They are also oh, the yeah, yeah. yeah, and they are almost in every whole house. Mm -hmm. No, so I found you, some yeah. when I was. Well, I wanted to finish yeah. your Mercury story, and then I wanted to go on to something else. So go on. So All right. Well, um, I'm sure you guys have talked about Paracelsus before. Yeah. Oh yeah, many things. Yeah. So Paracelsus had a lot to do with Mercury because he was a big old alchemist. But his real now, hang on, just for our audiences, alchemy yeah. was just the original chemist. Yeah, with aspects of mysticism and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I didn't but, know. But no, no, he, what he did was really good because he, he um, Mercury was widely used and what it was most widely used in the medicine in history was to treat syphilis. So syphilis is a venereal disease. Well, we actually talked about syphilis before because we were talking about workers' diseases and syphilis huh? was a workers' disease. Oh, syphilis was why Mercury was the most common treatment for syphilis for most of human history. How does that work? Uh, well, it is actually like, uh, it is um, a spiralic heat side, so it will uh, mercury will destroy the syphilis back or syphilis virus or its bacteria. It'll destroy um, any cell. If it's it'll destroy most things if it goes onto it. But um, but people were take were ingesting it, which uh, was absolutely fucking useless. How so, do you take mercury? Uh, you can take mercury. So there's uh, there are powdered forms of mercury. So there's mercury combined with chlorine makes a thing oh, called yeah. colmel, yeah. which is the most common thing people take. But uh, what Paracelsus he he um, he recommend changing it from an elixir, so something you drank, uh, which was no fucking good to you, to a topical. Again, can you can you like release the language, please? Apologies. BBC. Yes. Okay. Which was no. Uh, <laughs> so you used it. Uh, it was previously used as an elixir, so something you drank, so that wasn't any good. Well, elixir just means sugary, right? In this case, it meant something that you drank. Okay. Yeah. So he tra uh, he changed it into a topical ointment where it at least had some efficacy in terms of uh, if you applied it, it would burn away the stuff on the top. Now, admittedly, applying mercury to your open sores in sensitive areas probably cost you your sensitive areas, but... Um, because water would be better, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bad idea, but again, this was half because people thought it had magical properties as well as scientific properties. Ah, yeah. okay. So uh, this is why mercury is not... Uh, we don't use it today to treat syphilis. Uh, can we, can we uh, just move over to Maxine Kulo there and talk about the Mad Hatter? Yeah, actually, we uh, if we mention Mercury, the one uh, very famous case is uh, Minamata Bay, which is a Japanese uh, poisoning mm -hmm. uh, event mm -hmm. which happened there and which basically leads to some of the concepts that we now use in ecotoxicology about mm -hmm. bioaccumulation and biotransformation. So this company uh, in Minamata was basically releasing uh, yeah, tiny Mm -hmm. amount of mercury but over years mm -hmm. and it was supposedly safe mm -hmm. except the fact that it was just going deep in the water and then some bacteria were transforming it into uh, methyl mercury Ooh. which then was a poisoning one mm -hmm. accumulating uh, into the small fish mm -hmm. and resulting in people eating the fish so basically the fishermen are living there and were the first one to get poisoned and mm -hmm. they were the people with um, so-called Minamata disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Mad Hatter. Yeah. Yeah, so wait. Uh, oh, so, sorry. But this one is famous, and uh, Johnny Depp uh, starred in a movie about uh, the famous... Johnny Depp, uh, he had a famous girlfriend, didn't he? Was yeah. Oh, Amber yeah. Heard, was it? Yeah. yeah. But besides that's, that's that... That's not date our podcast yeah. too much. <laughs> besides that, he, he starred into a movie called Minamata, which is uh, about the journalists who yeah. bring uh, this story to the world mm -hmm. uh, in life uh, at that time. Yeah. No. So, yeah. 
So now because I, I had to teach uh, ecotoxicology, I learned a bit about it myself, and then I got also interested in terms it's of very good, Max. It's very good you learn stuff before you teach it. No, actually, I was always told the best way of learning something is actually to teach it. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's good you learn it before you teach no, it. No, I teach it, <laughs> which is the way I learn about it. What did they say? Those who can do, those who can't teach. Teach. Yeah. That's mainly for art, <laughs> art critics or art teacher. But uh, anyway, and then I, I found this story about uh, Mad Hatter in uh, Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. So actually, the oh, Johnny Depp played in that as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's my link. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Tim Burton, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. This Mad Hatter uh, is, yeah, I didn't use that because I think it's more popular in. Uh, I will try not to insult anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, in England and in UK, uh, the story about the Mad Hatter. It's, 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 it's Alice in Wonderland. It's yeah. a US thing, isn't it? Lewis Carroll is British. No, Lewis Carroll is from Cambridge or yeah. Oxford. Yeah. One yeah. of the two. Okay, Cambridge, but in, yeah. in, in English culture, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. America, Ireland, yeah. England. Yeah. yeah, but no, the Lewis, uh, very famous part of the Alice in Wonderland story is where she meets the Mad Hatter. But um, but now explain the Mad Hatter because the Mad yeah. Hatter was um, uh, he didn't invent this. It actually came from people who were the, who were making hats. Max told me this. Yeah, it it was a famous quote apparently to say someone is mad as a hatter, and the reason for that is that uh, at the time of uh, EV production of hat uh, without any specific. So this is what you put on your head, so any mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, I mean, he's French, so his language is great. Yeah. So it's what you put on your head. Yeah. You know, to, so that's what, the, what French try to pronounce and sounds uh, like uh, hat. Uh, yeah. uh, so those, those people making the hat uh, were using a lot of uh, mercury, mm -hmm. like many other uh, people working in fabrics. But the difference was that to give the shape to the hat, you have to uh, warm the tissue, and the tissue was containing mercury. Mm -hmm. And by eating it, then it was, of course, vaporizing it which was mm -hmm. resulting in people poisoning themselves with uh, mercury vapor, uh, making them crazy, mm -hmm. and ended up with the quote, uh, mad as a hatter. Yeah. Now, one of the... And what, what was, what's the molecular... So we always talk about molecular stuff. So what's the molecular... I don't know. That's called? particularly your responsibility. Not mercury. So, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can so talk about arsenic, but... Well, no, there, there are a couple of ways. It depends, again, on how, what the mercury is, yeah, if it's methyl mercury or something like that. Um, I think uh, elemental mercury or stuff like that, if there's still enough of that, it can pass the BBB yeah. and it can accumulate in the brain. Um, yeah, but it accumulate, it has to interact yeah. with, with the cells. Yeah, no, it, it, um, it causes redox reactions as far as I know. And, yeah, like uh, most metals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's where uh, ingested mercury mainly fucks up the kidney. Uh, ingested up. mercury mainly messes, messes up, up the, the kidneys yeah, okay, yeah. and the... Uh, I don't know what's wrong with North stomach. Dublin people, they swear a lot. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, but the the hatters would, uh, particularly the felt of the lining of the hat was a very important part, and that was the part they, they used mercury to was make it more malleable. Was that mercury thread, was it? No, no, they used mercury to make the felt more malleable when they were molding it into oh, the lining. Right. Yeah. But like, kind of as you imagine, if somebody, like when they turn a piece of, uh, when they're like turning an old book, they would lick their fingers in between to oh, kind of yeah, yeah. help, yeah. and this is why they would be exposed to a lot of mercury. Will you get Max a glass? Uh, I will indeed. <laughs> um... So we wanted to also talk about, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about arsenic because everybody, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was the original poison. Yeah, I think thousands of people have been poisoned by arsenic and people use it as a tonic. So I, I work a little bit with arsenic myself, so I know how it works. So it basically replaces zinc in proteins and uh, it makes the proteins uh, malfunctionable. Mm -hmm. 
and then maybe we have a pathway called NRF2 that that protects against it and metatelatinin. So I'm actually not sure what arsenic, but for cadmium, metatelatinin is produced to bind off the these exogenous metals. Um, What's exogenous for us in the cheap seats? Exogenous is something you take in from the outside that you don't need necessarily. And so, like, cadmium, you get it in your food. And you don't need it. It's, it's, it's a non-functional uh, metal. It's not related to whether you need it or not. It's just that it's coming from the outside. Yeah, yeah. But it's not... Whether you need it or not, doesn't, it's still exogenous. Yeah, anyway. but it's, yeah, but there's loads of metals you need, like zinc and iron. And, yeah. yeah. But, but cadmium... No, I mean... The definition of exogenous is that it doesn't come from you. Oh yeah, sure. It's Comes not associated to whether you need it or not. Oh yeah, sorry, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just from the outside. Yeah. Um, so I, I, now I'm already bored with arsenic. Cyclosporin A. <laughs> so Cyclosporin A was a... Um, it's not a famous poisoning. Is there any famous poisoning about... Well, it's not really a poisoning because it, it was a... It, they found it on a soil sample in the 70s in, in Canada. And it was Novartis scientists that that brought it back to Novartis. And uh, in the late 70s, they were able to do transplant medicine for the first time because of this. But they just injected it in rats and, so, 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 and mice and so what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely potent immunotoxin. So it prevented uh, T-cell proliferation. And then they go, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So what if we, when we're giving a kidney or a liver or a heart to somebody, we give this? And mm-hmm. that's what they did. And it worked. Perfectly well. That's a poison. I mean, everything that inhibits um, biology is a poison. So psychosporin is a very potent poison, but it's potent on the T cells. So it stopped stuff like graft versus host disease and exactly, uh, yeah. And, and and without psychosporin, I mean, we would have found something else. Mm-hmm. But but without psychosporin, there wouldn't have been transplant medicine in the eighties. It's it's an incredible story when or it sounds almost fictional. Really, the idea of like we found this just in a patch of dirt in the ground and brought it back to the lab and hey now we fix transplant medicine or we greatly improved transplant medicine. Yeah, I mean I mean there's this statement that that everyone talks about alternative medicine and Chinese mm-hmm. medicine or whatever. But if if it was if it worked, we'd use it. Mm-hmm. Oh, if it was patentable as well. There's sometimes there's loads of stuff out there that's just not patentable. If it worked, then we can make money from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which. Let's talk about uh, President, uh, what was his name, Max? Uh, Viktor Yuchenko. Yuchenko. So I work on a pathway called uh, the oral hydrocarbon receptor pathway. And uh, basically, it, uh, we think there's an there's a endogenous ligand, a tryptophan kind of metabolite. But, uh, but it mostly responds to exogenous things like dioxins. I guess some of you have heard of dioxins. Um, and if you smoke cigarettes or if you're exposed to smoke, is a compound called benzoylpyrene in smoke, and this activates it. And when this pathway gets activated, it starts um, increasing the metabolism of the cells with CYP2A1 and CYP2A2, and it can metabolize the compound that was the ligand, and it can metabolize it to a, to a genotoxic compound. So benzoylpyrene is an example for that. And the auxins are terrible because they stay in your system. They bind the fat and they just stay in your system almost forever. There are also the orange adjunct, right? That was him. Yeah, but that was a contaminant. They didn't. They yeah. didn't so, Agent Orange uh, was a defoliator, yeah. and by accident it was contaminated with the oxygen. It wasn't what the Americans intended. It was just an accident. 
Yeah, yeah, the point was not to use it as a poison, it was used to... No, but Agent Orange was not a dioxin. The, okay. their, their batch got, got contaminated with dioxins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like heavily. Because yeah. Yeah. dioxins come from um, burning stuff, so oil or whatever. So obviously it was in a factory somewhere and there was oil drip. And it contaminated their whole batch of Agent Orange. And uh, yeah, thousands and thousands of people died. From dioxin poisoning and babies had malformations and horrible. I mean, the Vietnam War was horrible. You, know. you guys started that. What? The French started that. Yeah. And the Americans didn't finish it. Um, so, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, uh, back in, actually, I don't remember the date. It was so. Uh, What's his name again? Yuchenko? Yuchenko, Viktor Yuchenko. So Viktor Yuchenko was was uh, president of Ukraine from 2005 to 2010. He was the third president of the Ukraine. And already then he got poisoned by the... He met a, uh, basically a Russian diplomat and he drank tea in his place and they they, they put dioxins in his tea. It's not the assumption. It was never proven. Six, he had 60 times... Dioxins than is possible. Yeah, no, it was proven that it was intoxicated with dioxin. It was not proven that it was from the tea that the guy. <coughs> yeah, okay, but he was. It was very convenient that he was in yeah. a. Uh, I mean, we talked about this before. When when the Vikings and the Celts met each other and the Romans, they would they would cheers. Yeah. Because uh, they had spilled the drinks into each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously they didn't do that. Yeah. All right, that's that's all I kind of wanted to say. So, sorry. So, the other thing I want to talk about was belladonna or uh, deadly nightshade. It's a uh, pretty little. Fo- it's a uh, pretty little berries, black uh, berries, and you can find them. Well, they look like blackberries. They are. Did you get them a glass? Yes. I did. Here's a glass of them. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. But um, <laughs> but these uh these things are have been used again used as poisons for well these have on purpose been used as poisons for a really long time so, so tell, tell us what belladonna is uh, belladonna it's a plant it's a plant that has a chemical or uh, a couple of alkaloids in it which are main one is atropine oh so yeah okay so it'll stop your heart yeah yeah, yeah. um and a lot of other pretty nasty things it'll what do was you. the one you were talking about before the other one that speeds up your heart Max what? You were saying, you know, on the darts. Remember our first podcast? Yeah. You put this um, ah, poison arrow. Yeah. Drugs? And that's the opposite of atropine. Is it, or is it the same? No, atropine is basically epinephrine, right? No. Oh no, 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 sorry, no, no. Yeah. So what is atropine? Atropine. I knew what it was. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it is an alkaloid. So yeah, it's, it, it it's blocks. It's, it's, it's an anti-sodium. Yeah, it's an anti-choline. It's a par. It's, yeah, it blocks acetylcholine. A. It's, it's a parasomatic um, yeah. uh, inhibitor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I hope none of my students listen to that because I'm teaching practicals with that. Yeah. Yeah, but you said the, the the compound and the in the oils of the frogs in the Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a it is an atropine thing, isn't it? You said the name I'm in the first podcast. Yeah, no, I, I referred to the, where the word uh, toxicology was coming from. So yeah. The word toxicology. Yeah, but what uh, is that chemical in the... Uh, I'm not... Cura, I think. Oh, Cura, yeah. 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 Curare. Yeah, um, and Cura is also... I, 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 I don't know much more other than that it is... A God, we're fucking useless. Two fucking professors and one PhD candidate, and we don't know the fuck what the hell... Well, the, the main reason I know that is Max the Christie. 
Oh God! <laughs> Don't knock her. She was a she was a chemist oh, during was the war. Yeah, well, no, but she was a chemist during the war, so that's why she knew what all the poisons were. Okay, go on about B- belladonna. But belladonna, um, it used to be used. Uh, it was it's called belladonna, meaning pretty lady, and it was called that because uh, it used to be used in beauty I never, products. I never associated that before. Belladonna. Belladonna. Pretty oh, lady. Well, yeah, the, the, it's another famous scientist. Its name got its or its Latin name from Linnaeus himself, the guy who gave everything all the Latin names. So it's a atropa belladonna. So atropa uh, is where, atro- we, atropine, yeah. where we get atropine, but atropa comes from atropos, who was. Uh, do you know the Greek fates? There were three women who were meant to yes. to put out your life. They're like so like a tattoo. So there's two people nodding in the bar, and uh, oh, yeah. not me. Uh, That's all right. Uh, the, basically, three women. They do a tapestry of your whole life. Atropos was the one with the scissors who cuts it to say you're dead now. Oh, good. So the uh, so it's um, the translation of Belladonna's Latin name is basically the pretty woman of death. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Actually, we were talking about this. Certainly, this is a sidestep now. Mm-hmm. So, in Ireland, um, we don't call people with dark skin black people. We call them uh, far gurum. Yes, blue people. Because uh, the devil was black. Yeah, uh, far. far and, uh, and and the Irish people could not call another person black because it meant um, he was the devil. I mean, yes. we didn't. We don't think black people are devils. No. So we call them blue people. Yeah. Smurf. Far Gurum. Far Gurum. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, not Smurfs. Don't be creepy now. <laughs> well, it, it actually it ended up with a funny thing in the in the states when you had uh, the whole um, the response to Black Lives Matter, where they were talking about cops and Blue Lives Matter, and a bunch of people did it in Irish on their back of their shirts, not realizing that what they were actually writing was the Irish for Black Lives Matter. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But um, I mean, I did just, uh, now we're talking about Black Lives Matter. The, yeah. All these stupid fucking white people who fucking missed this. That's not the topic of our podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But it wasn't. It wasn't a Black Lives Matter only. It means a Black Lives Matter also. Yes. Yeah. That's the point. Sorry, Cormac. Go ahead. But um, the but no, this this one is a really famous one because it ends up in Shakespeare. Romeo and Juliet, the poison that they take is belladonna. Oh, right. And it also ends up in the guys who inspired Shakespeare, because I didn't actually realize this until I did study for this. Macbeth was an actual dude. Uh, what do you mean he was a dude? He was, was like, cool? Well, he was a real person. Oh, okay. And oh. Uh, he uh, poisoned a bunch of uh, enemies' food at a feast, kind of, where you're talking about these people... With belladonna. Their things to, yes, with belladonna. Now, hang on, I, I, I call bullshit on this, because yeah. if you if you eat belladonna, yeah. it won't get into your blood system, so you can't, it won't kill you. Yeah, uh, it would. I think it still would, and but also it doesn't necessarily... Uh, a lot of cases, small doses of belladonna doesn't kill you, it just makes you sick, and uh, it can give you hallucinogenic effects. Oh, really? They consider it si- similar to, like, ergot in terms of people getting uh, so does it the witch trials. Your, does it fuck up your bio, your microbiome, maybe? Um, I'm not quite sure why it gives you hallucinogenic effects, but it is definitely, it acts as a stimulant. So, um, people so, so, it, oh, so, then, so then it's definitely reabsorbed from the gut. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it would kill you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Um. No. But um. How big is it? How big is the plant? Or no, no, the chemical. I do not know. Wait, you're supposed to research this, Carl. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> and belladonna is also uh, potentially part of the aquaditofana composition. Aquaditofana was 
the number one poison uh, in the 17th century. Oh. It was named after the girl who what was it? advertised it, Aqua di, Aqua di Tofana. So Tofana is the name of the girl, and she's assumed to have poisoned something like 600 to 700 persons. Oh. She was famous for helping you getting rid of your nasty husband, basically. And, uh, her name was Giulia di Tofana, and she I think she was either Sicilian or mm-hmm. south of Italy, maybe Bari or something like that. Well, it would have been very accessible because it was a big beauty product in Venice, yeah, so yeah. it would have been very accessible. Like that. Yeah. Well, actually, the two empresses of Rome used it to get rid of their nasty husbands, yeah. so yeah. it's very popular. Yeah. But um, What's wrong with knives um, or axes? So Messy? What was it? Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's deadly nightshade. Deadly nitrate, yeah. yeah. Dead, I kind of like, they have to specify deadly because the uh, other nitrates are just tomatoes and potatoes. Yeah. yeah. And well, do you know, do you know, it's very uh, toxic to. Uh, the, the impo- yeah, to just to comment on that. Uh, what's wrong with knife? I actually, uh, what's the name of that one? The nasty one in Gladiator. What's his name? Oh, uh, Commodus. Commodus. So yeah. Commodus' death uh, was provoked by his wife. Mm-hmm. So he, he was a terrible emperor, doing mm-hmm. bad for uh, the Roman Empire. And uh, his wife was planning to kill him. He might sue. Yeah, maybe. Or he's. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> a great, 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 yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. great. So, no, but uh, he, he said that uh, his wife tried to poison him, mm-hmm. but he was training himself already. Mm-hmm. So they knew about, I think it was about uh, Antiman. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was training himself, meaning that they use microdose of Antiman mm-hmm. to get resistant about mm-hmm. it. And uh, then the poisoning make him just feeling uncomfortable, but mm. not obviously dead. So then he went for a bath, mm. and she basically then paid uh, one of his favorite slaves to kill him with a knife ah. in the bath. Oh, Cormac, you know the story about the Irishman in the 1700s who went... Oh, the Invincible Mike Malloy. Oh, tell us. Yeah, the Invincible Mike Malloy is, or the, the Irish Rasputin. So this is uh, mm. a, a, a guy, um, he was, uh, I think it was in New York. I so think it was. was I think it was in Europe. It was. It was or Chicago. Or, it was yeah. in the states. It was somewhere in the states where an Irish, an, uh, an Irish enclave where uh, Irish people had gone far. And this uh, one particular Irish man was a local at a bar, and uh, the bar owner. And, oh, so surprising! So surprising! <laughs> yeah. and he was um, an Irish man in a bar. What? Yeah, yeah, this guy was a terrific alcoholic, and his uh, the the bar owner and his friend would see this guy come in, he'd be a bit of a nuisance all, all the time. And they were like, does Mike have any family over here? And they're like, no, not really. So, like, nobody would miss him if we did, like, if something happened to him. Like, not really. And they're like, great. So they brought him down to the local bank. Well, you have to tell the insurance part. I'm just about to say okay. They brought him down to the local bank and uh, took out a life insurance policy on Mr. Mike Malloy. Uh, now, the, he had to agree to do this. Was he was like in the 1700s, sir. Yeah, yeah. He, he had to agree to do this, but he wasn't Drunk, he wasn't that drunk to like do something for nothing. Well, they and bought him a beer, I guess. Would they said if they if he signed this uh, life insurance policy and signed them as the beneficiaries, he could drink for free unlimitedly for the rest of his life. Fucking cool. Which they assumed that he would come in and drink himself to death because he drank. He would come in and instead of drinking pints, he would just be like, "I'll just have like bottles of whiskey until I sleep." Which he would come in and he would drink bottles and bottles and bottles of whiskey. And they assumed he'd be dead. And then... Actually, we, we had a podcast about ethanol. Yeah. So, so uh, listeners, please yep. go back and look at our podcast about ethanol. It's very, go, very good for you. And go back and listen to it. And, and uh, eventually, my, three weeks later, a lot of bottles of whiskey lighter, he was still coming in. And they were getting worried. 
So eventually, they decided... He didn't because he was drinking all the beer, right? He was drinking all the beer and all the money. He was, like, he was drinking all the spirits. So, <laughs> good stuff. Um, but uh, eventually, they decided that one day when he passed out, they dragged him outside, they took off all his clothes, and they left him in a snowdrift in the cold winter. Uh, so, we discussed this as well. So, alcohol causes vasodilation. So, mm-hmm. if you're... Uh, you, can, you get cold quicker when you're drunk, basically. Yeah. But not Mike Malloy. He walks in the next day being like, lads, you would not believe and he must have been a Southsider. It must have been. Must have been. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are apparently cold proof. <laughs> but um, I'm just tougher than you Northsiders. <laughs> I know that isn't true. <laughs> I have accidentally broken the collarbones of at least one Southsider. Uh, that's an anecdote. Oh, yeah. Anyway, go on. All right. The um, So the... Um, but he came back in, being like, "You would not believe what happened to me last night." Ended up naked outside. Anyway, give me some more whiskey. Yeah, so please, um, I'm cold. Please. Um, so eventually, the, eventually they were like, "Well, we don't want to be caught by the police, but we're running out of money." So they shot him in the head, and and he didn't survive that. But so he okay. died. Of, he, so, so he died. He died. So he, he, died, not so he died of lead poisoning. He, he died of lead poisoning. <laughs> High velocity lead poisoning. Um, but he. Uh, but unfortunately, that it's much harder to uh, get your life insurance off a guy with big hole in his skull, and they were caught. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but people have wondered how he could ingest these lethal amounts of alcohol and still be fine. And this is why we say the Irish Rasputin, because you've heard the story of Rasputin. He was brought to a what was the story about Rasputin again? So he was uh, a Rasputin uh, again, a man who could drink quite a lot. Copious. Copious amounts. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he, uh, a couple of uh, Russian nobility wanted him to get him out of the picture because they didn't like his influence over... Oh, he, he was a lefty, wasn't he? Uh, no, he was, a, he was a crazy religious monk. Oh, yeah. a righty. Okay. Uh, well, no, yeah. he was a Rasputin. He mainly, <laughs> he, Rasputin. he mainly just liked getting drunk and sleeping with everybody's wives. Yeah. That was his thing. Oh, that's uh, what I would like to do too. Actually, from a... From a <laughs> <laughs> the reason he had power is actually an interesting, maybe an interesting science thing because uh, he was a he was a healer, and the son of the the only son of the Tsar and Tsarina was a hemophiliac. And oh yeah, it was him. It was the, 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 all these royal people had hemophilia. Absolutely. Yeah. So they were all inbred because yeah. they were all inbred. Yeah. yeah. But um, the little uh, the little prince. He would frequently get, when he get injured, it would be a really serious occasion. So they would have doctors in, but they also tried mystics and all these type of people. And Rasputin was, ended up getting a lot of favor because he seemed to be able to cure the kid. And even because from, he was calm. Even from miles away, kind of because he was calm. He, he was said to be mesmerizing, actually. Yeah. But the crazy one was when he cured the kid from 100 miles away. Yeah. Because how, how, how that happen? Well, because uh, they they banished him from court for his lewd behavior, and then the kid got uh, fell over and got sick again, and they and they sent a telegram to him and said, "Can you do anything?" And he sent a telegram back, being saying, "Don't worry, I am performing right. a, yeah. I'm performing a ritual. Have his doctors leave him alone." And actually, this may be the key That's to That's always his. a good uh, advice. Yeah. The doctors leave you fucking alone. Well, the key to this thing, people think, is because the, the new wonder drug they kept giving the kid was aspirin. Oh, give a hemophiliac aspirin. Absolutely. Give yeah. a hemophiliac a blood thinner. Uh, and when Rasputin <laughs> showed up and did his magical voodoo, he made the doctors go away well, yeah. and stop giving the kid aspirin. And yeah. so he seemed like a wizard. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're coming to an end now. So yep. uh, let's sum up. And 
Yeah. Max, go ahead. <laughs> it was just a joke. Uh, the story said that was two later. Yeah. The other one was saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't do anything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the other one. But, uh, but no. So what's the summary of our, our thing? So poisons were always there. Yeah. They're always there. Max and said in the first podcast that we, uh, 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 hominoids, not even, not even sapiens, before even sapiens, they used them on, uh, to put on arrows. Yeah. That's where the word toxicon comes from. Cormac mm-hmm. uh, just explained that belladonna was used as a, uh, a very uh, simple way to get your spouse out of the way. Uh, arsenic was used also as a tonic, though. So not just as a poison, because this, this is, I think we, we discuss this as well. So a small amount of poison is actually good for you, tiny amount. Um, it's called hormosis. So it's uh, because it, it increases your defenses. So it's almost like making your cells aware that there might be danger coming. Uh, Max, is, be, yeah. Max is very, very heavily shaking his head there. Yeah, it can be also double sword there. Because uh, you if did, you get injured at the same time where you are challenging yourself oh yeah, that's not with good. something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but you you discussed something like what was it viralization? Yeah. So I didn't fully ever understand that. What is viralization? Viralization was uh, before vaccination, actually. But is it the same thing? No. No, actually, viralization was uh, discovery uh, before Jenner came with the vaccine. Viralization was consisting in taking Jenner, the real. Jenner was a creepy fucker. Not really. 22 kids he injected with smallpox. Yeah, but before that he got already pretty decent evidence that it should work. Uh, yeah, he was basically injecting vaccine, and vaccine was known to be non-lethal. He injected kids with small uh, with cowpox. cowpox first. Yeah. Which that, was dangerous. That was actually what viralization was. That was the standard. The standard uh, so, okay, was viralization. What, what is viralization? Viralization is basically you take a, a wood, a wound, a mm-hmm. Like a scab or yeah. something like that. Yeah, a piece of food basically, yeah. oh, yeah. and you scrape some. Uh, oh yeah, 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 some place where people have a trace of viral, and then you inject it to someone else, giving him viral. The reason why they were doing that—that's exactly what he did because he, he injected yeah. the the kids with the pus yeah. from the exactly. uh, uh, the the milkmaids. Yeah. yeah. So, but the standard was to give actually the smallpox, which is the one in viral. And Jenner started with that, and then moved on with vac- with uh, the cowpox, which was the vaccine. So the funny uh, thing is, that the it fa- was an improvement there. In fact, wait, and the yeah. reason why they did that was because viral was so effective at killing people mm-hmm. that people yeah. were basically couldn't really sustain raising kids and giving them food for seeing them dying a few years later because of viral. Mm-hmm. So then they were ready to inject them with viral mm-hmm. and see whether they make it or not, because if it turns out you survive it. Mm-hmm. Then you're good to go and you will not die of it because then you got immune. Mm-hmm. And you take a seat, man. The no, reason no, is that. Get the ball. Seat. So it was always challenged by uh, the different registration at that time whether they should keep on with viralization or not. Mm-hmm. But definitely it was a standard for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone was uh, applying it. Well, it's funny now because you say that because they, they found the, uh, the cure for peel, peanut allergy and simply microdosing. So you know, if you—that's why you can't eat peanuts in a plane now, because if even a tiny particle hits the person who's uh, hyperallergic, so it's that could kill them. Mm-hmm. It's not complete. Anaphylaxis. Uh, no, wait, wait. Let me finish, and then you can argue. So, um, so I, I I know people who have peanut allergies, and it's 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 scary if you mm-hmm. kid if you got kids who peanut allergy because you don't know when they're going to encounter peanuts. Mm-hmm. 
But the cure now is just they microdose them. They just give yeah. them very tiny exposures, and your immune system, Max is shaking his head. Come on, right? Yeah. So the the theory behind it is that, uh, and it's well known that if you constantly stimulate a lymphocyte, and in particular the lymphocytes which are producing the IgE, which are resulting in the allergia, mm -hmm. then if you keep on stimulating it, then it will become allergic, mm -hmm. and the allergic uh, one are the one which stop reacting. And the idea behind this microdosing is that it's called desensibilization. Yeah. The idea is that you desensibilize people uh, to their allergen by Desen injecting them. Desensitize. Yeah. Desensitizing. Yeah. By injecting them with microdose, not only microsome, it should be also microdose without any single adjuvant. Because to get activated, the lymphocytes need two signals. One signal is actually the allergen. The other signal is the one which is triggering the inflammatory response. Okay. So then if it's 100% clean, like pure, then you can induce this allergic response. Okay. And that's the basic for all this desensitization. The problem is, that at least in France, and I know only the, uh, the data for France, in the end, uh, our uh, legislation were, went for not uh, reimbursing people anymore for that mm -hmm. because it was proven to be not really particularly effective, actually. So you can still apply for it, you can still get so it. So it's like homopathy stuff. I don't know. The, the theory uh, could explain why it should work, but yeah. in the fact, the people, it costs extremely, uh, it costs a lot because you have to inject 100% pure, and that's where yeah. the challenge is. Mm -hmm. And uh, then in the end, it was very costly and not very effective. So then in the end, our government said, okay, we stop with that. You can, of course, keep on doing it, but you have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. All right, let's so it this. might be that it is effective, but the problem is that when you challenge it with a lot of data and for different type of allergies, it's not uh, proven to be that efficient. I assume we're going to talk for the next five hours anyway, So, mm -hmm. but we don't need to record it all. Yeah. So uh, closing comments, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's actually, I think there is definitely room for part two on this topic of... Uh, Starting about discussing ah, we only, poisoning. Yeah, I mean, maybe we, we can look we, up a new, some we just other numbers yeah. and then elaborate better on that. Oh, yeah. yeah, we just touched on. I mean, I, I like yeah. the idea of of, of Lud Ludwig van Beethoven, who unfortunately became deaf as a, as one of the most famous composers yeah. mm -hmm. because he drank out of the same cup, lead yeah. poisoning. Uh, Carmack. I just think uh, we've covered a couple of things here, but like we've. Uh, Humans, as you said, have used things to poison each other for ages, but we've also used things to cure each other that sometimes worked and sometimes... Uh, well, we, we use these poisons as well, yeah. like uh, rotenone, uh, mm -hmm. as insecticides, um, mm -hmm. to kill mitochondria. And mm -hmm. um, and so, we, we, yeah, I mean, sapiens are pretty good at using poisons. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm glad also because uh, so far I've always released every single podcast we made with... Uh, yeah, a notification that uh, beware it could contain explicit lyrics. Yeah, and thanks to Cormac, no, it's justified to have such. A fucking comment. hell! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck off! Yeah, really, fuck it! I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. All right, so uh, thank you for listening, and yeah, let's listen to our. So, uh, so bonsoir, Max. Yeah. Uh, bonsoir, uh, Cormac, and bonsoir, listeners. Bonsoir, tous. Bonsoir. Salam.